The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, y'all, Seven Runs in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Put on your bowling shoes and book off the next three weeks of work because we're going bowling. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the creator of the Duke of Mayo, arch nemesis to Prince Chedward. And with me, as always, is AJ. The college football committee rigged it so Bama wouldn't play Georgia again. Marchese. I told you before the SEC championship game started, Rob. I told you. I said no. The college football playoff committee? Are you sure? Them? The, the, the pinnacle of integrity. Today we're talking all the NFL draft prospects who jumped, humped, and dumped during <clears throat> the conference championship games. Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft on fire. Seven. Seven. Seven, seven, seven rounds in heaven with my lady driving out to Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's gonna wager future picks away? Who's gonna reach for a blue blood? Lineman, the home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. It's not every day you can double your money, but with my bookie, you double your money instantly thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users. With MyBookie's double deposit bonus, when you sign up at MyBookie.ag and use promo code SPORTSDRINK, you'll instantly receive double your initial deposit so you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. The Patriots already took on the Bills on this Monday night and as they continue their quest to reclaim the AFC East title, so hopefully you bet on the Patriots. Um, what did the tip? Did the tip say to take the bills? Yeah, so my bookie got you, fools. Set yourself <laughs> up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code SportsDrink at my bookie. That's promo code SportsDrink to double your initial deposit all the way up to a thousand dollars. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. It it really brings me back to read a my bookie ad that's uh, expired, but. It's the one we have to read anyway. Like that's just—it feels like everything's right in the world. I think they the just playoff. no. It's not. It's not no. It's not outdated. They just flexing on you <laughs> that they tricked you <laughs> into making themselves money. It's genius. Who do you think brought um, the wind wind in off of it? Lake Erie, Rob, my Bucky. Hear more about Mac Jones's three pass attempts tomorrow. A lot more. Yeah. Uh, okay. Conference championship week and is in the books. The playoff is set. Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, Cincinnati. They even told us pretty early on in the the college football playoff ranking show, which was nice of them. 
Uh, bowl season starts in 10 days as we record this. I'm feeling good. I love bowl season. Uh, and coming off Utah embarrassing Oregon, the Pac-12 championship, Mario Cristobal jumped ship. That gives us three major programs, head coaches jumping to other major programs. The coaching carousel is on fire. But at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is that Cincinnati's finally in the playoff, and I guess Michigan is too, so congrats. Uh, for both accounts, yes, thank you. Um, I'll be almost as happy if Cincinnati wins the national championship game if, if Michigan doesn't. Well, no, every every true college football fan that doesn't root for Alabama or Georgia should just hope that Cincinnati or Michigan wins. doesn't matter who, just one of them has to win. I'm sure a lot of people still hate Michigan, but yeah, no, that's that's. I, I'm true. an Ohio State fan saying that though. Like obviously, I'm I'm hoping for Cincinnati, and honestly, Georgia's probably the team I'm hoping for second most. Um, but I just love that defense so much. Um, it's it's uh it's it's fun. I'm glad that they rigged it so Georgia plays Michigan because I feel like that's that's such an old school punch yeah. in the mouth style game between the way both schools play, and then. Alabama-Cincinnati, I mean, honestly, yeah, Cincinnati might get blown out, but at least they finally got the chance, and I am so excited, regardless of the outcome of the game, to see Sauce Gardner versus Jameson Williams. Yeah, no, definitely. I remember when I was talking a few weeks ago that, like, it didn't seem that, that Sauce was going to get one of those premier matchups and he was going to end up, you know, covering Ladd McConkey, but I'm glad, I'm glad he's getting maybe the premier matchup right now for, for him. Um I'm not happy that Michigan's playing Georgia. <laughs> I think I think the committee got it wrong. Um, I think Michigan had a case to be one, and I think Georgia had a case to be four. Okay, as a Michigan as a Michigan fan, like taking absolutely everything out of it, taking out, even enjoying Cincinnati, who would have? Who do you ideally want want to play in that first game? Cincy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to play Cincy. I, I really, I think okay. it should, probably should have been. I don't know. I think right. Georgia has right. got a good well, case to have been number four. I think we'll, we'll I, yeah. do more. We'll do more on this and all the bulls and all the best prospects in the bulls uh, next week. Um, where AJ tells us Hassan Haskins should win the Heisman. Uh, but before we get into uh, the conference championship uh, superlatives, we get a whole heap of 2022 NFL draft declarations as uh, the deadline inches closer. When is it? I think mm. is it mid mid January. Yeah, yeah. I think like the. The week after the Natty? Usually the Monday after, I think it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Well, yeah. we got a whole heap of guys. I'll just read through them. We'll do it how we do the Senior Bowl. You just pick out whoever you want to talk about or whatever name you remember I said. <laughs> that's pretty much it, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got a pair of quarterbacks in Old Mrs. Matt Corral and Alcorn State's Felix Harper. Um, running backs, Cameron Harris of Miami, NC State's Ricky Person, Rutgers' Isaiah Pachko, Duke's Mateo Durant. Some wide receivers, Purdue's David Bell, Clemson's Justin Ross, Virginia Tech's Changa Hodge, Miami's Charleston Rambo, two tight ends with Washington's Kate Otten, Virginia Tech's James Mitchell, uh, only one offensive lineman with USC's Jalen McKenzie, uh, defensive line loaded, Rutgers's Mike Tverdov, uh, Nebraska's Damian Daniels, Virginia Tech's Jordan Williams, Virginia Tech's Amari Barno, both opted out of the bowl game as well. Uh, Oregon's Kayvon Thibodeau, who also opted out of the bowl game. George Karlaftis from Purdue. Oklahoma's Nick Benito, who opted out of the bowl game. 
South Dakota linebacker Dijon Cooper, Indiana linebacker Micah McFadden, FAU linebacker Calif Bryce, uh, and a couple DBs here. Vanderbilt's Alan George, Arkansas Pine Bluff's Jalen Thigpen, Pittsburgh State's Dallas Flowers, UMass's Bryce Watts, AJ's sleeper of the draft, mm-hmm. Arizona's Stanley Berryhill III, Delta State's Julius Falk Jr., and Georgia Czech's Jun- uh, Wanye Thomas. Um, my first takeaway is, I think, in this... This is kind of last week he had two or whatever. This is like our real first big wave. My my main takeaway is, are there more guys declaring? Because given the COVID year and uh, the scholarship, like obviously they schools have more scholarships for just this year. Are more guys going to declare because they're going to technically not really have a scholarship waiting? Like some coaches might not want to have a dude back for a six year if he is not that big of an impact player. You know what I mean? I wonder, but like, how does that conversation or, go? Or, or is it also on top of that because these guys were set to graduate? Say you're a fifth year senior, and yeah, you do have another year of eligibility technically. But it's like, do I really want to go back to school? I can declare for the NFL draft, maybe be in a training camp, whatever. I think that's also feeding into it as well. Like, it's I'm both. expecting us to, te- but by technically, this is going to be the year that has the most declarations ever. But when you, like, really look down at the nitty-gritty of who would have actually had to declare for this draft had the COVID year not happened, I think I think it'll kind of even out. Like, it'll be the same amount of underclassmen, you're saying? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, no, I think I think that's fair. Is there anyone you specifically want to talk about there? I mean, <laughs> o- offense, it's, um, I think the obvious one's Matt Corral, uh, just because this QB class is still so wide open and... And kind of the other quarterbacks still battling for first round potential is our our seniors and are going to be at the Senior Bowl and he won't be. Yeah. And I I just I wonder if by the time the draft rolls around, are people really going to still view him as a no doubt like top twenty pick because he was there at one point this year. I mean he was a Heisman favorite at one point this year. So tracking that I think is going to be interesting. Uh, other than that, I mean it's the pass catchers that. Really like David Bell. I'm glad he's declaring. I wonder how Justin Ross's stocks impacted by kind of yeah. a lesser year after two years ago, potentially being a first round guy before the uh, the, neck the neck thing. Yeah, and then I think Charleston Rambo is really the the most interesting of the group because he transferred to Miami from Oklahoma after a lackluster year, where two years ago we thought he was going to be the next go to guy at OU, and he really came through for the Hurricanes this year, but because they, they were weren't. <laughs> Exactly. So no one really talked about it. Well, Tyler Van Dyke's the best quarterback in the country, according to Cristobal. Exactly. Uh, But Rambo's going to be at the Senior Bowl. Rambo um, should test well, so I think that's a pretty interesting one. I know you love Kate Otten. (laughs) Yeah, another team with a shit fucking season, though. Uh, Otten's talented. He didn't have a a spectacular year or anything. And as we've mentioned so many times, the tight end class is as clear as mud right now. But, uh, no, Otten, uh, smart decision. Get out of Seattle and hey, maybe maybe into Seattle. They love their Washington tight ends. So defensively, obviously the the three biggest names to note are Kevon Thibodeau, George Karlaftis, and Nick Benito. Who I mean, Thibodeau is going to be a top ten pick. Karlaftis is going to be, I would assume, top a top 20. twenty. Yeah, and Nick Benito at least a, a top forty pick probably. So those are the three big big ones there. Um, no surprises amongst the bunch. No, though. and then it's a lot of like lessers in terms of defensive guys who declared uh 
Mike McFadden's not bad. <laughs> uh, not for me. Special teams linebacker, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. um, moving to Senior Bowl acceptances, it's just a bunch of Georgia guys and a Penn State punter. Sick. That's <laughs> so, all we need, baby. Uh, Georgia running back James Cook, offensive lineman Justin Schaefer and Jamari Salier. Salier. Uh, defensive lineman Devontae Wyatt, linebacker Channing Tindall, corner DeAndre Kendrick, punter Jake uh, Camarda, and then Penn State punter Jordan Stout. Uh, I'm really glad Cook got there because this running back group at the Senior Bowl is pretty interesting, mm-hmm. even though it's normally not a group you're totally excited about just because of the position. Um, I think Devontae Wyatt's going to be the guy who does the most for himself there. Uh, I think he was kind of the one of the most unheralded players in that front seven. Um, I think he, he might have looked the best amongst the front seven this week against Alabama. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I've got more to say about that in a bit. And uh, I, I think he's a legit day two dude who, um, I mean, he outplayed Jordan Davis against Alabama. Mm-hmm. And and I think people are starting to really buzz about him. And uh, he's set up perfectly to skyrocket that stock in Mobile. Yeah, I to- totally agree. Um, Tindall's an interesting one, too. Yeah, because he's he he like why it's kind of unheralded, but mm-hmm. has all the the height, weight, speed shit you look for in a linebacker, and is just a punishing tackler. Yeah, I think that's a it's a big week for Tyndall. I mean, obviously he's had a really good year, but like you said, um, fairly Seen unheralded. Him cover. Yeah, um, it's all that, and but yeah, no, I think I think he's going to go to Mobile and help himself though. And Darion Kendrick's a guy who kind of like Charleston Rambo transfers. The despite being on a legendary defense this year was because there were so many bigger names there. He like kind of the buzz around his name mm-hmm. dropped off, but he had he had a pretty good year for Georgia, and he's going to be one of the premier corners at, at, in Mobile. Yeah, no, that's I think that's a that's a big get for Nagy. Congratulations, Nagy. We're always congratulating old Jim he's, over here. He's just <laughs> so damn good at his job. All right, college football conference championship superlatives. Um, anything shock you this week? Did you predict all these scores? <laughs> yeah, I had all the scores predicted exactly. Um, Bama beating Georgia so uh, so easily shocked me. I'm not surprised that they, they beat them because, again, the SEC's rigged and they do this just to get two teams in the playoffs. But um, <laughs> beating them so... So commandingly did did not uh, was not expected from me. Yeah, no, uh, I mean that defense completely not showing up, and that offensive line balling out for Alabama yeah. after Auburn abused them. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that was definitely the biggest shocker of the week. Although some of us were shocked the Bailey Zappy magic ended. Um, jumping true. into it though, best freshman you saw this week. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna stick there. I think Brock Bowers, uh, regardless of how the rest of the Georgia yep. team played. He is just special. He was the best player on that Georgia team on Saturday. Ten catches, 139 yards, a touchdown. Uh, he's listed like 6'4", 230. He looks taller and bigger than that. I, I said it last week. Obviously, he's 10-1 and one in two years. I mean, lock that in already. He's, he's, he's different. Yeah, he was the only guy who could really get anything going in terms of the passing game. I mean, Stetson Bennett didn't play very well, but um, he, he's a complete mismatch. Yeah. And they like they can line him up down the seam and and he can beat safeties. They can he they can line him up in line. Tight ends or linebackers can't hang with him. Yeah. Um, they are throwing freaking screen passes to him and he's just fighting for first downs. They get him like a handoff a like, game too. I know he had like a yard, but still, it's still. 
No, they, they, they've used him in a really fun way for an offense. I mean, Todd Munkin, I feel like, has leaned on him and James Cook throughout this year. Yeah. Uh, two guys to kind of hide some of Stetson Bennett's shortcomings. And uh, Bowers looks like that dude. He looks like two years from now he's going to be maybe a, a, a top 15 pick at tight end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, seeing him against Michigan in the in the playoffs can be really interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my, my top two are actually both on the Utah defense. And I mentioned Cole Bishop two or three weeks ago when Utah beat Oregon. And he was everywhere again against Oregon. He was everywhere in coverage. He was attacking down on screen passes. Now, Oregon didn't have um, in like any of their go-to pass catchers uh, and, and were, have, were like relying on true freshmen to make plays. Yeah. But Bishop himself is a true freshman. He had a weird recruit. He was committed to Duke, and they were talking about it on the broadcast, and I think he was supposed to go to a good Power 5 school. I don't know what happened. Uh, but he looks like an NFL safety, and he's a true freshman that just freaking brings it. And... Um, I don't know. It just felt like every time there was a, a play around the line of scrimmage, it was him. Um, and he blocked the Oregon field goal on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just, just out of nowhere to see a true freshman on a, a tough Utah defense like that. And Utah they got a relies lot of on freshmen. Yeah. yeah. And the other one is he, now he's a redshirt freshman, but Van Fillinger, mm-hmm. Uh, who had seven tackles uh, and one and a half TFLs? He he and Kirk was uh, his mouth was watering over him because he, he is such a classic Utah edge defender in that yeah. he's not going to wow you with his height, speed, uh, athleticism, but just sheer power and workman mentality. He was doing a wonderful job setting the edge. Oregon's run game just deteriorated, and especially after they got down, um, and. Uh, it, it was like flashbacks to Bradley and I. Yeah, he was. I had his name written down too. He was great. Uh, had the half a sack too. No, I know that. It's kind of ridiculous how good that Utah defense is. Obviously led by Devin Lloyd, but I don't know. There's like five solid freshman contributors uh, slash starters on that on that group. Yeah, it's wild. Um, I think we have to mention Baylor quarterback Blake Shapen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who started? What was he? Eight, seventeen of seventeen, something like that. Yeah, and he ended up with 180 passing, three scores against Oklahoma State, which was enough. That's all that yeah. they, all they needed was for him not to lose them that game. And they they obviously they only hung 21, but that's a great Oklahoma State defense coached by now Ohio State defensive coordinator Jim Knowles. <laughs> Congratulations! Um, yeah. Thank you. But uh, he like I I was so worried because I was hoping for Baylor with Bohan out, like it would impact their run game. Yeah. Because of what how, the way they've relied almost like on a. Sp- spread option attack um but shaping came in and he was just efficient he didn't turn the ball over um he didn't miss baby yeah he ran the option like fine enough and we found out he was the number one shortstop in louisiana coming out of high school he's got he's got big time like long-term backup like even his attitude you know yeah love that blake blake shaping's gonna end up like the most winningest quarterback at baylor <laughs> and hey, they don't call a miss shape in Rob, so you don't miss. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll give you one more. Okay. Um, Michigan's Donovan Edwards for seventy-five yard touchdown pass. <laughs> yeah, QB one. Uh, I'll give you one more. How about Wake Forest? Taylor Morin, who was out of nowhere, uh, four catches, eighty-three yards, a touchdown. He had that awesome touchdown catch. Uh, f- kind of like 
Like, A.T. Perry was kind of like their go-to guy early, but kind of faded, and then Morin became their big play guy. I mean, got their ass kicked. But he had the awesome catch where he was, like, fighting well, back through contact and on like, deep ball and uh, had that, that huge play um, a little bit later after the touchdown, yeah. It, it, that, that score is so misleading, too, because you look at the score, 45-21, you're like, oh, Kenny Pickett might, must have lit it up. But, really, like, it was 21-14 for a lot of that first half. And then, like, deep into the third quarter, it was still 24-21 pit. Yeah. And Sam Sam Hartman just started throwing picks everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I... And, like, <laughs> like Pick, Pickett played a fine game, but, like, I don't know. People are talking about Heisman. Like, that's wild. Well, he's, he's going to um, New York. Which brings us to best sophomore, where did Bryce Young secure the Heisman because we just absolutely are too idiotic to give it to Will Anderson? Yeah, yeah, no, he, he did. And Anderson, like, of course, really good game. I put his name here, too. Didn't have that takeover game, though. And uh, it's just a quarterback award, Rob. I don't – like, obviously, Aiden Hutchinson got there, but – which makes me very happy, but he doesn't have a chance. Bryce Young won the Heisman on Saturday because he had a great performance against what was supposed to be the best defense in the country and one of the best defenses in a long, long time, and he fucked him up. Yeah, he, he was awesome. Um, I mean, even – like, from the 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 pitch, yeah, on the sideline that was incredible. And I mean, the play that really won them the game was him recovering that fumble. Yeah, who again? And also, Wyatt fumble forced that. I think you'd mention later, but still. Um, uh, and then on top of that, he threw for four hundred twenty-one yards, three touchdowns, <laughs> ran for another touchdown. score. And yeah. on the other side of the ball, Will Anderson though had six tackles, two TFLs, a sack. He was unblockable again. And the awesome he was all over TFL on James Cook. Remember that play? Yeah, like he was incredible. Yeah. And it's just such a shame that Will Anderson wasn't even a Heisman finalist. And it just really points to the the issues with the Heisman ballot. And I think enough people have talked about that already. See, but. yeah, I think this issue was less like. That people don't know Will Anderson's good and more that, like, oh, their quarterback is there. They don't need the defense. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of stupidity. Yeah, it's it, it sucks because hopefully uh, ne- next year Will Anderson gets his due because, I mean, he, he just had will. one of the most incredible defensive seasons anyone's ever had. His get-off uh, winning, is just so fucked, man. <laughs> winning, winning the Heisman as a defensive player, you got to be like Cincinnati getting in the playoff. you got to have the greatest year of all time, but then do it again. And then, then again, yeah. and then maybe yeah. you get it. Um, I also want to mention Noah Sewell, uh, mainly because he, it felt like, now Kirk was all over Oregon throughout this game for this, but he was right. Oregon seemed so flat and uninterested against Utah, and they got punched in the mouth. But Noah Sewell continues to be, like, kind of that dude. He he was, once again, like, he was, it felt like at times he was the only guy bringing it, yeah. bringing any energy. He was crushing hits, 12 tackles. Um Obviously, Cristobal is now at Miami. Nosal should transfer to Utah. His brother's there, yeah. and ne- Devin, Devin Lloyd's going to go in the first yeah. round. So Nosal, come in. Um, Nosal's a perfect Utah player. Yes, I wrote Sewell's name down here too. And yeah, I think for the same like he he didn't have a perfect game by any means. He missed quite a few tackles, but like you but said, he was like the, the only, only guy yes. doing anything. And obviously yeah. had the interception, which was great. Like he. He was basically like, you know, I had to read the two routes, just reading uh, Rising's eyes, jumped it, great interception. Um, had, like, a couple other flashy plays where, like, he had that uh, that nice chase down on Rising. Um, they need to get run over by Rising a little later, and it was just missing tackles. But, like you said, I feel like him and, and McKinley were the only two guys that kind of had anything on that the Oregon defense. Yeah, big time. Um, moving to weekday, Warrior, obviously. Oh, can, I give you, can I give you two more names? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, sorry. It's okay. I'm, it's all right. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> you might have him somewhere else because he is eligible, but I thought the the Baylor nose tackle, Siaki Akai. somewhere else. He's okay. one of my favorite players in the country. I'll say him then. Uh, this guy you won't have. I kind of just flashed to me. Deshaun Pace, the, the Cincy linebacker, who is like 6'2", 218, so really kind of undersized. But, like, he looked really explosive rushing the passer and just getting into the backfield. Had seven tackles in a TFL. Uh, just one to watch next year for the, for the Bearcats. It's crazy how well Luke Fickles recruited the Cincinnati team to look like a Power 5 squad. Yeah, very much. Like, every week... Like, Joel is... DeBlanco was, like, the dude in this game, but it's... <laughs> yeah, like, there's, there's, new, there's new Bearcats every week on defense. I'm like, man, this guy's a good football player. Well, it, it, it's hilarious. Like, even if, if you remove the... Like, obviously, they have six dudes going to the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Um, but, like, even just, yeah, removing them, like, Joel DeBlanco was the difference maker for Cincinnati in this game. And I feel like every week Curtis Brooks is a big force on the interior as a pass rusher. Yeah. Um, Kobe Bryant, I know he is going to the senior bowl, but he's rarely talked about because uh, Sauce Gardner gets so much attention. It's yep. just crazy how many guys they have. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy they finally made the playoff and it be. Because of the way everything played out with Marcus Freeman taking over at Notre Dame, if like it feels like Luke Fickle's gonna be there for the long term as they as they move to the Big Twelve, which it makes me happy. Me too. I mean, there's no reason after you know after Notre Dame didn't come calling, or I mean, who knows what happened, but you know what I mean. There's no reason for him to uh, to to take another job, right? Yeah, not not uh, not unless the dream job comes open like it did for Mario Cristobal. Right, and what's or his, or, or what's someone his, gives him Lincoln Riley money and buys his house for him. <laughs> Right, right. The Bearcats will, don't worry. Who doesn't want to own, like, ten properties in, in Cincinnati for the price of one house in L.A.? Good point. Um, okay, so just just two games to choose from for the weekday Warriors. Uh, obviously that Pac-12 championship that we've been all over, but I- I'm going to give you three guys from the UTSA Roadrunners who <laughs> helped win them the Conference USA right. Championship. I see them for a small school guy. I respect it. <laughs> uh so well, they 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 flatten my 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 hopes, my dreams. Sincere McCormick, yes, was they just leaned on on him in this game, yeah. and he was everything he needed to be. Thirty six carries, two hundred four yards, three touchdowns. He he was picking up the big explosive runs, but he was doing the dirty work inside too, and a lot of that came from on his big touchdown run in particular. The offensive line was incredible, but specifically, senior bull bound left tackle Spencer Buford. I thought was that was one of the best offensive line performances I've seen this year. Just his ability, he, he is such a smooth mover, and his ability to operate in space and reach the second level. He kept sealing linebackers and opening uh, cutback lanes for Sincere McCormick. And I am so, he's a guy I really liked over the summer, and I'm yep. so excited for him to blow up in Mobile. Um, he helped pave the way for 304 rushing yards against Western Kentucky. Uh, and I mean that that run game essentially won them the conference USA championship because Billy Zappi just ran out of time. And uh, yeah. I do want to mention Zachary Franklin too, just because although he had a couple drops, every catch he made seemed it's impossible. Ridiculous. Yeah. I had him, I had him for a small school guy. Cause like the, the two grabs were like the touchdown was just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> the one handed bob, like he bobbled it, but still, still one handed. That was ridiculous. Um, and got PI on that, that one too. And then I had the other, like in a real catch, like just before that to get him like down inside the goal line. Like six catches, sixty seven yards, but yeah, like you said, it was just <laughs> every catch was was just unreal. Um, McCormick had the was the best running back in the country this weekend, right? Um, no, the best con- running back in the country didn't play this weekend. 
No, that Seems played tri- this week. Trivion Henderson. All right, all right, all right. Come on now. Wait, um, I don't know who. No, no. What about um USC's running back? What's his name? Uh, Malapai. <laughs> yeah, sorry, second best after. <laughs> Thanks, but yeah, no. Sincere McCormick really brought it when he needed to this year. Yeah, um, for real. Or in, especially yeah, in this game, he he was incredible, and that offensive line was incredible. Um, so who's your weekday warrior? I had McCormick. I was going to give you one from each game. I had McCormick oh, oh. in that game. Fancy. And I had Devin Lloyd in, in the other game. Um, but okay, I, I I put Devin Lloyd somewhere else. Yeah, I, I kind of look. I my defensive player of the week, of the week is uh, just homerism. Um, <laughs> Devin Lloyd obviously had the pick six where he just he just baited Brown, read the whole way, it jumped was awesome. it, housed it right away. And I was like, okay, this is game over before we were even getting started. Um, you know, like he just like like obviously Sewell was the energy for the for the Oregon defense, and he like. He's the energy, but it actually worked. Like you know what I mean. The Utah defense is flying all over the place. We already mentioned all the freshman contributors they have. Mm-hmm. Um, Devin Lloyd is just that, it, it's that team in general is really fun because yeah, yeah they Ohio have State Utah is going to be the best non playoff bowl game in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, um, they have all these freshmen, but then they have guys like Devin Lloyd and Sewell at safety who just yeah. are maniacs. Uh, and then even on the offensive side, like Cam Rising is such a like a classic. Oh, this guy's got moxie at quarterback. And yeah. He had that touch, that the the huge run. He's like getting in people's faces. Like Cam Rising just got the attitude you love. Um, and, and Tavion Thomas is a fucking massive running back. Um, but I, I I just so just to jump to best prospect because. I figured you'd have Aiden Hutchinson. I'd let you kind of wax poetic about him for defensive. Yeah. So I, I ended up putting Devin Lloyd there, and more so as not necessarily just against Oregon, though that pick six was awesome. He he, he was just eating up everything in front of him as yeah. he does every game. But more so, this is a season award for him because he was, I think, one of the five best defensive players and most impactful defensive players in the country this year. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like he didn't get his just due – because guys like Aiden Hutchinson and Will Anderson um, were just so dominant, and the West Coast bias doesn't affect them. And even the like East Coast Nicobe bias, Dean the East Coast the same bias. position. Yeah, Nicobe Dean, exactly. And like Devin Lloyd, I think, was better than Nicobe Dean this year. Nicobe Dean just played for a better unit. Uh, Devin Lloyd finished the season 13 games, 107 tackles, 22 tackles for loss, seven sacks, four interceptions, two pick sixes, six pass breakups. And if you watch any Utah game, I think I only caught like three or four this year. Yeah. Um, it was so obvious where he was because he was impacting everything. It was to me, it was a Devin White last season at LSU type season for Devin Lloyd. Uh, and I think he's going to test off, off the charts. I think he's going to just own the senior bowl, not just in terms of what he does on the practice field, but what he does in the meeting rooms and, and how much people love him. And Kirk was waxing poetic about him and, and how diligent he is as, uh, as a note taker and everything. I think he's going to be a first round pick. And yeah. it, I was just so happy to see him get that pick six and in, in, in such a beautiful way, the way he baited Anthony Brown. Um, I've absolutely loved Devin Lloyd. Uh, I'm watching. Like if I were to list my five, 10 favorite players to watch this season during the games, Devin Lloyd would definitely be one of them. So why don't you tell us why Aiden Hutchinson's your defensive player of the week and probably the Detroit Lions number one pick. Yeah, I I think so. Like why the, the fucking keep him there, man? What's what's this is a slam dunk home run to keep him in state. Um <clears throat> so like in typical uh well not typical, but like in early season Aiden Hutchinson fashion, could have been prospect who all played the box card because he had four tackles on the sack. 
Uh, but again, if you focus on them, it's so much more impressive than that. Um, first, like, off the bat, they kept just cutting him. And I was like, this is pretty smart. Like, that's it. Just keep taking his knees out. Keep taking his knees out. I'm like, this is, you know, I always hate it when they do it, but it's smart, you know? Like, you got to give him credit for it. So he wasn't, like, extremely impactful uh, off the hop there. He did have, like, the first play of the game. He had the tackle, like, right at the line of scrimmage. Um, but after that, though, like, they kind of just, I guess they just couldn't cut him as much anymore. And he had that fucking, like, he had the one where he just walked the right tackle right into Petrus on the third down. Uh, they, there was an unsportsman, like, conduct penalty on, on Michigan, so kind of wiped it out. But still, just week after week, he just has one of those plays where like, he just, like, like actually after that, like, he just, like, he had that one where he walked fucking the dude back into it. And then just had the other one where he bowled him over. Just absolutely. That was hilarious. And he, it, 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 it's every single week, he just yeah. throws an offensive lineman. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was a very Bosa-type season for him, both on and off the field. Um, and <laughs> yeah. it, it just it just feels like, one, he's going to dominate the Senior Bowl based on everything Bruce Feldman told us about him on his freaks list. Or Senior Bowl, the I, meant, I meant the, the combine, thank you. Um, and he seems like a glass eater the way Dan Campbell's going to want one with that first overall yes. pick, assuming the Lions do... I mean, the Lions are on a win streak right now, so maybe they play themselves out of it. But, um, And he fits an instant need. At, if you're not going to take a quarterback in the top five, you've got to go offensive line or pass rusher, and he uh, he's obviously a pass rusher, second most important position probably. Um, so I don't know. I, he's done everything you need to do to be that first overall pick, and he's, he's outplayed the other guys who were mentioned prior to the season as potential first overall picks. Yeah, like, I don't know if he's going to be number one on everyone's board or anything. There, there seems to be a lot of Hutchinson haters, but... Um, it just, I just hated his views on life, but uh, on the field, he's a fantastic player. Is it, wait, oh, never mind, this is not the time for this conversation. I'll talk to you about that after. Um, just, <laughs> <laughs> I was about to, but no. Um, not worth it. No, it's not. <laughs> he, uh, he Just the stars are too aligned. The, the lines are going to take him. Like it's just it makes too much sense for all of them. They have to. You see him, you know, every time in his interviews, like it's like, yeah, Dan Campbell's gonna love this guy, not just on the field, but in the locker room, all the you know, all the shit. He, like he's 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 pretty cool for like like all, for a locker room, he's a great guy. Like you know what I mean? I had this, you know, um, did get yeah. the sack too, where he, you know, they they fucking the right he beat the right tackle immediately. The running back was there to chip him. Didn't matter. It was like just immediate pressure, just beating both of them. That sack came right before the the, the halftime. Um, yeah, he was great. Great as all he always is. Moving moving to offense, uh, I'm going to give you, although Ohio State didn't play, they got one of the receivers dominating the country. <laughs> I thought you were going to see Trayvon <laughs> Henderson. <laughs> yeah. I'm just what, – what, what, how's it work? Can I claim Jamison Williams for Ohio no, State No, absolutely not. Just like, but, just like it bugs me. Can Alabama claim no, Jalen Hurts? That's what I was about to bring up. No, they cannot claim Jalen Hurts. Absolutely not. Okay. It's been pissing me off all year. Uh, Jamison okay. Williams is my offensive uh, player of the week too. Okay, I mean, seven catches, 184 yards, two touchdowns against the Georgia defense. And the the tackle on special oh, teams. Oh, yeah, and the special teams tackle. Yeah, he's also the best gunner in the country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, last week or two weeks ago, it got him ejected from the Iron Bowl. But this week, it was just incredible. Um, okay, so the stutter go mm-hmm. where his ability to sink his hips just, like, I don't understand how he sunk his hips like that and somehow didn't lose speed. No. And th- th- that that was with Ringo, who's had a really good year, actually. Yeah. Um, I think he's a redshirt freshman. Uh, but the safety was still over top of him. And, and the safety had, I don't know, 
three steps on him still as he came out of out of the the stutter and he still shot by him like it was fucking nothing and that was lewis scene like that's an nfl level safety he burns yeah and it's just like the speed on that play was ridiculous and then the other one where they speed again uh, yeah yeah like the like he just ran like a post route against zone and found the hole in it and it it was bryce young was right on time and the safety had 15 yard angle on him it was seen again just, wasn't it no i think it was smith that was time smith? Okay. Uh, uh smith had a tough day uh and and just co- cooked him and then there was the um like they just couldn't hang with him whatsoever and i don't know like he does he end up in the first round he seems yeah. like the, he he i hope so i he's one of the most pleasant surprises of this football season um this wide receiver class, although there's, I don't think there'll be a top ten pick. There's so many dudes who I think are going to be instant impact NFL players. Yeah, or, I, top, did I say top ten pick or first round pick? Because I did not mean to say first round pick. Top ten pick. Okay, I'm losing my mind. Uh, I, I, just so the, the listener knows, I'm recording from a car and I'm freezing. So yeah, it's like negative ten degrees out right now. Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah, no, I mean his performance against what was the best defense. Sorry, it's the second best defense in the country. Go blue, baby, but. What was supposed to be the best defense in the country, uh, of course, deserved to be Offensive Player of the Week. And like you said, I don't think anyone in the country did more from his stock for his own stock, right? From going into the season, uh, like not a, like a relative un- unknown in the college football landscape, to now looking like a first round pick. Um, yeah, I think I had jokes about it when he transferred. So <laughs> don't check my receipts. Um, I also want to. I also kind of put a tie because. This is more for the the tied off its line as a whole, but specifically Evan Neal. Um, yeah, like we all thought, and now Evan Neal held up against Auburn because he's awesome. Oh, he he was good. Yeah, yeah, he was great. And but the rest of the offensive line crumbled. Yeah, uh, against Georgia, Evan Neal was once again incredible. But the whole the offensive line as a whole just handled their business. Especially in pass protection, after the right side of that offensive line got decimated by Derek Hall the week before, yeah, they bounced back. Like, in, in it's kind of interesting because obviously Adam Anderson was Georgia's premier pass rusher off the edge, and he he's indefinitely suspended. Yeah, and without him, they don't re- like Nolan Smith had a pretty good year, but they don't have that premier pass rusher. They've got a ton of beef inside jordan davis Devonte wyatt jalen carter trevon walker <laughs> yeah. but none of those guys are like true true dominant pass rushers though i think jalen carter's gonna get there as an interior guy um and it, it i don't know it kind of came back to bite them which is i don't think something anyone expected going into this game i think everyone just expected bama's offensive line to be dominated by the georgia front because they were by auburn and they've they they dominated everyone back, right? else in the country. Like, Yeah. Doug Marone, he's just one hell of an <laughs> offensive line coach. Uh, yeah, the Bama O-line versus the Georgia D-line was my uh, prospect versus prospect. Yeah, I, my, mine was just Alabama trenches versus Georgia trenches. Because, like, even if you flip it to the other side, like, mm-hmm. Georgia's offensive line against that. Like, Alabama's front played really great. And it's just, I mean, if you look at the Georgia front seven, the Alabama front seven, and both offensive lines, there's, like, Double-digit dudes playing in the NFL. Going to be high NFL draft picks in the next two to three years. Yeah, you like could, it's, really it's could just, just put wild. SEC championship game for it. Yeah, yeah, like just that's – it was awesome. So at first I was um, going to put the Georgia secondary against the Bama passing game, but 
Uh, I figured we're going to talk about it a lot. But yeah, I, I also agree. Evan Neal would have been my runner-up after Jameson Williams, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, jump to shooting up the board. Who, If you had to pick one guy mm-hmm. that we haven't mentioned so far okay, as yeah. your number one shooting up the board, who would you go with? See, I usually don't do it. Okay, you know what? Okay, I'll, I'll answer your question. I think I'd go Thank with Jalen Petrie. Okay, me too. That, 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 I was hoping you would. I was going to start with Here, Bearcats because they, they deserve the roses. But to answer your question, yeah, Jalen Petrie would be my pick. Yeah, Jalen Petrie, who I think is going to become like a top 50 pick. Yes, I think I agree with you. If he's not there already, yeah. um, just by, by – he, he does everything for that Baylor defense. He's going to be at the Senior Bowl too. Um, but just the tenacity he plays with as a run defender, mm-hmm. like he'll come backside and make a TFL. They can blitz him. Uh, the he he's he's done like his his footwork and coverage is unbelievable. He's also not like although he's like primarily a nickel, he's not that like t- like he's like listed at six foot one ninety five. Like he's a well built nickel. Yeah, and with like I know the NFL undervalues nickels still for fucking whatever reason, even though they're a base defensive player. Um, he he to me has similar vibes to what Javon Holland had. Two years ago at Oregon, mm-hmm. uh, obviously he didn't play last year, but he's made the Dolphins look really smart for betting on what they saw the year before. Um, just the versatility to yeah. play different coverages, different positions. Like he can play safety, he can hang on the outside if he needs to. But at the end of the day, it's what he does as a run defender. It gives me like Kenny Moore vibes, just with the physicality inside. Yeah, I think he's like you know like the top quote unquote nickel that like you know the. The NFL really, when they announce him at the pick, it's a safety. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just the guy that kind of transcends that you don't worry too much about him being a uh, nickel, really. And Yeah, pretty dominant against Oakland. Sammy. And obviously his uh, his fellow teammate, Jerry on McVay, made the, made the game-saving play. Also, yeah. had like a good game. And had, had the awesome interception earlier, too. So, Petrie, I think, top dude, but McVay kind of having himself, throwing himself in the conversation, too, Mc, was great. Mc, yeah. McVay, I threw into the out-of-nowhere yeah. prospects, because yeah. six-year senior, I saw I saw someone point this out, he he was a walk-on. His first year at Baylor, they went 1-11. He's a walk-on. Now, as a six-year senior, they win the Big 12 championship. He makes the game-winning tackle, which, honestly, I didn't think he was going to make that tackle. No. Undersized guy, th- too. Like Yeah, just, like, yeah, I think he's, like, 5'9", 185, yeah. plays safety, plays nickel. Yeah. Um, oh, I just I just love to hear those types of stories. Like, this guy worked his ass off, and he, he, he I mean, he won Baylor the Big 12 championship with that tackle. Yeah. And I think it was a really good week for safeties in general, to be except for the Georgia ones. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you weren't a Georgia safety, yeah. you had a great week. Like, I, I thought like, the first Bearcat I was going to give big credit to was uh, Brian Cook. Well, I thought I had a, had a huge game against against Houston. Uh, seven tackles, half a TFL, couple uh, PPUs too. I, I just thought like he had the one, like the one. He just it was deep downfield. He was so calm. Uh, he had you know just head on a swivel, had to kind of locate the ball. The ball ended up being like to the outside. He kind of just tracked it. Like he felt like like zero panic in him. Uh, like that deep downfield, the guy that plays so good uh, towards the line of scrimmage too. That deep downfield just found the ball, like knocked it out, like with ease. I thought. I love to see that play. That that was the best play. And then he had that that huge fucking hit for the for the first fumble that Beavers returned for the touchdown that they ruled incomplete. But regardless, he made a great play there coming forward. And I love Brian Cook. Brian Cook's a damn fucking ball player. Uh, I was gonna say, but I mean, like as we talk about um, Jalen Petrie, as we talk about Brian Cook, like the safety class doesn't have 
a ton, a ton at the very top, but there's yeah. a lot of really fun football players. Yeah. And and a handful of them are going to be in Mobile, too. Like, those two and um, uh, Brisker. Jaquan Brisker. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's a really cool group. And sticking at safety, I, I want to po- point out Jordan Battle. Mm-hmm. Alabama safety Jordan Battle was awesome. He had the pick six, obviously. Dropped the I pick think, six, like, right off the bat. Too. Yeah, yeah, which <laughs> that that was tough, but he bounced back with and got a pick six anyway. Yeah. Um. He, I think, more impressive than putting himself in the position for an almost pick six and then putting himself into a position for the pick six was the communication mm. as a safety. He was directing traffic back there. He he was putting uh, DeMarco Helms in, in a good position at times. And everything he saw, he was communicating so well. And it was just something I noticed. Like, he's a very communicative safety. And, I mean, the safety is the quarterback of the defense. And, and that showed through in that game for him. Um, and he's another guy who has day two pick ability. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And at first, I'm like, like that drop pick, and like, you know, I thought George was going to beat him. Like, ah, oh, that's going to come back. But no, he, he definitely had a great game and then capped it off with a, with actually getting his pick six. Uh, I'm going to say the he position. Just, he just, oh, I, I was just going to say he just undercut the red and yeah. was just to the house and Stetson Bennett just yeah. was the only one there. <laughs> um, go ahead, sorry. Dax Hill. I thought Dax Hill, who we haven't talked too much about safety. this year, uh, talked a lot about him coming into the year. Had a really good game against against the Hawks. Yes, he did. Uh, had that pass interference first drive. Didn't matter. Was, like Knocked that off. No big deal. Had that nice big hit on Petrus. Uh, had that huge TFL that he just timed uh, you know, coming off the snap perfectly on like a third and one or something like that. Um, had that huge red zone tackle where he just uh, Laporte on the third down, I believe, just just brought him short of the sticks, and then they got off the field on fourth down. Uh, Hill, this was like a really good complete game for for Daxon Hill, who's like had solid games and hasn't had a bad game all year, but just hasn't had that big flashy game. And obviously, I thought like really going into the year he was gonna be the one to really shoot himself up and be a potential first round pick. And Hutch has been the star, but uh, really good season, and I think he kept it off with maybe his best game of the year. Uh, I'm I'm here with a, a defensive lineman who I already mentioned, Devontae Wyatt. Yeah, he was kind of the only guy bringing any juice, bringing really any pass rush yeah. throughout that game against Alabama. Um, he just like he also played the box score, three tackles, a TFL, and like a couple hurries. But the, the TFL was a great play too. And, and he he I thought his motor was just incredible. He had that that the on the fumble play, he was the one who chased down um yeah. Bryce Young, forced the fumble, and like yeah. he was coming backside chasing it down 10 yards uh, downfield yeah yeah and just seeing that kind of motor um from a big man like that in a game where other big men on that d-line were struggling huffing and puffing he didn't ever seem to kind of be taken out of the game just by the sheer speed of alabama's offense um and i think but between his uh his his athleticism but also the power behind his head. like he he's got juice but he's got handworks he's got effort he's got everything you look for and i think he's going to really push himself up the yeah. board dare i say go ahead of jordan davis no Whoa. i won't say it. i won't say it but i got things to say about jordan davis and this is the game people are going to rely on but no, before uh, we get there let's keep talking nice <laughs> yeah let's uh just one last thing on why like like you kind of pointed out that Kind of everyone on Georgia's defense uh, had not their best game. Probably their worst. Like, everyone else had, like, their worst game of the year. And he was the only guy that really stepped up, you know? Like, yeah. And like you said, that, that he had the awesome TFL. He, he forced that fumble on Young. That could have been a game-changing play if, if Bryce Young didn't recover it. 
which I think was re- his real Heisman moment. <laughs> that was a great play. Um, speaking of Alabama, though, Bama transfer yep. Jerome Ford yep. popped yep. off yep. for the Bearcats, yep. baby. His his big signature game. He just put away the Cougs. Eighteen it's, carries at buck eighty seven, two touchdowns. Go ahead. It's funny because he had like two big games at the beginning of the year against yeah. lesser opponents, yeah. and they kind of like not didn't do much against Notre Dame. I remember, and then I I can't remember. But maybe it was the UCF game you brought him up. Um, yeah, I think it was like drum Ford has arrived. Yeah, and I then it, it kind of slowed a bit, <laughs> and then he pops off against Houston. That Houston defense is awesome, and, and then that, he gets that, the revenge I mean, game coming up, baby. He, he fourth year sophomore, um, so he still has to declare. But five eleven two fifteen, and you saw how like the straight line speed yeah. from a, a back built like that. Yeah. Um. That, that, that was an awesome game from him, and uh, just another back to watch in a very murky class. Yeah, just kept, you know, had that 42-yard touchdown to seal the game and the long touchdown run early to kind of open it all up. And had that really nice catch. He had one catch for 17 yards. It was a great grab, grab early in play. Jerome Ford's a really good prospect. I know it's kind of like – this is going to sound weird to say. I kind of feel like the Cincy team's a little underrated. I, I think people underappreciate how, how talented they are and how many ways they can win football games, and – I think they're going to get Bama a game, and Jerome Ford is angry that he had to leave. So, uh, who, um, who else you got? So I've mentioned this guy a couple of weeks ago for out of nowhere. Now he's he's on my radar. Savorche Dennis was that dude again for the pit defense. Uh, Twelve tackles, two sacks. They were just blitzing the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. He is shot out of a cannon when he's coming downhill, and he just knocks heads. Um, he he's uh, I think he might be a because of the COVID year, just a sophomore still. Um, but he he's the kind of the heart and soul of that Pittsburgh defense. He's had an incredible year, and he's quite good last year too. Uh, and um, just so much energy and violence to his game. Uh, I think that's a that's a future NFL dude. Uh, you know who had a really good game in a losing effort, small school guy that is going to the Senior Bowl, Demarco Jackson. I felt like he... oh okay, yeah. Do you have him for small school guy or? Yeah, I do. Yeah, okay, sorry. I threw him here. Um Yeah, let's talk him. He yeah, he he was the the maybe the only guy in App State that showed yep. up and he's been the heart and yep. soul for those Mountaineers defenses for years now and he had 11 like he stuffed the stat box, 11 tackles, a sack, three and a half TFLs, four quarterback hurries. He was doing everything for for the Mountaineers and trying to keep them in that game. Yeah, go ahead. Every every hit felt like a car crash. He was He's not a big guy. Blowing dudes up. No. Yeah. Like he's maybe 230 pounds. And he was just killing everyone. They were blitzing the hell out of him too. He w- he was all over Levi yeah. Lewis. Yeah. No. He had a, he had a really good game and like he's like I don't think he's had a bad game his whole career at App State. So, but uh, to, to you know not to finish obviously they got one more but to end his uh, conference career with that performance and a lot losing effort. Got to give him all the credit in the world. Yeah. Um. Want to go to sliding down? Uh yeah. Let's do it. Who you got? Who's your top guy this week? I put Kayvon Thibodeau. Okay, I, I put him here. That issue is my top guy too. Um, like, okay, let's let's start with here. Did, do you think this performance actually hurt his stock? Um, ultimately, no, mm-hmm. because he's gonna go top five because he's gonna be a freak at. I so when I say signing down the board, I guess I more so mean if anyone thought it was like neck and neck because I still saw tweets last week about. Oh, there's no way Aiden Hutchinson is on Kayvon Thibodeau's level. I still see him. Classic draft. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So in terms of that, 
I think, yeah, he is sliding down the board because um, he just he didn't show up against Utah. And it's funny because they mentioned the last two Pac-12 championships, how dominant he yes. had been. And it's funny, yeah. too, because the last time we had him sliding down the board was the only other time was against Utah earlier this year. Yeah. This place and, now, it's... and But in that game, they were doubling him like crazy. They had mm-hmm. uh, that tight end, I can't even remember the name of now, <laughs> who I mentioned. Yeah. Who who was doing a great job on him with the tackle, but this game they just they just let him go one on one, and he outside of the one sack where he went with an inside move, and it was like more just poor technique from the offensive tackle. Mm. It was like a very nothing performance. Um, just failed to get involved in. I don't know. It, it, he's gonna go top five, and he deserves to t- go top five. It's a weak draft, yeah. and he has got so much pass rush potential. But pass rush wise, the hands are just aren't there, and he just doesn't have much of a plan. He's a very good run defender with plus 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 athleticism, but he's not refined like Aiden Hutchinson, and he's not as as all round a player as Aiden Hutchinson. I feel like a lot of people just don't realize that Hutchinson's going to go and test well, and how well he's going to test, you know? Yeah. And yeah, like he is a good run defender, but like I don't know, it's two games against Utah where. Obviously, he hasn't stepped up, but also he's. It feels like you know that type of physical team just. Uh, he just couldn't do anything in the run or the or the pass. Obviously, he had the sack like he said, but just felt like he got out physicaled, you know. And I think the, the the biggest concern is the fact that okay, last time they played Utah, who's like I said, they were doubling him fairly consistently, mm-hmm. which opens up one on one pass rush opportunities for other guys. This game, it was really, and it was both the left and the right tackle, one-on-one with him, and he was really rarely doing anything. I think I saw one other pressure outside of the the sack that, again, wasn't all that impressive, uh, where he got up uh, on the pressure, he got up underneath just with a a little rip and dip, um, and kind of forced Cam Rising from the pocket. But um, it's just concerning to me that his hands just really haven't come along the way. With three years in, like, has he gotten that much better? No. And again, I'm saying this about a guy who's guaranteed to go top five and <laughs> yeah. should go top five. Just nitpicking at this point. Um, but you're right, though. He, he hasn't really gotten better. No, no. Uh, and, uh, I mean, we might as well stay on the topic of huge names in college football that disappointed. Jordan Davis didn't play well against Alabama, and it was the perfect game to explain why he shouldn't be a top ten pick probably shouldn't be a top 20 pick because yeah. he's a nose tackle yeah. he's a nose tackle who can dominate the run game and, and he did a good job against the run bama just didn't really care to run the ball no nope. at all in this one robinson wasn't um, healthy either to help no but. yeah um but like he was gassed bama was just going at hyper speed bill o'brien took advantage of that that defensive line constantly rotates and they just took advantage of it by forcing Jordan Davis to play snap after snap. Yeah. And, I mean, the, 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 the booth did a good job um, keying in on one of, I think, one of his pass rush opportunities where he was just, like, standing there not even moving. And, yeah. and we, we know Jordan Davis can play with a great motor. So it's not even a motor question. It's a, this guy just can't play that many snaps in a game. He's at his best when he's playing 25 snaps a game. Well, if you can only play a third or, I mean, a half in a, a low snap game, 
if you can only give me that, why am I taking you top 15? And you're doing this without being able to really add a consistent pass rush. Like he's got more pass rush to him than I think a lot of nose tackles we've seen in the past that are, are big games. But I don't know. That's that's just it's a very concerning game. The game you point to when your GM asks you as a scout, is this guy a top 15 pick? Not to mention, you know, him being drafted into a league that is so pass-happy now. Like, mm-hmm, exactly. What exactly. is the purpose of him being a first-round pick? Like, you know what? Okay, this is going to sound very specific. But I think, like, a good landing spot, if, if the stars align, would be a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars, who do have to stop Jonathan Taylor twice a year, who do have to stop Derrick Henry twice a year. You know what I mean? And need that type of culture on defense and on whole because yes. they're a fucking disaster. Like, so, like, teams like that, I'm not saying top 15, but teams like that, I think picking him in certain spots would make a lot of sense. But yeah, you you pointed out so many good reasons why he shouldn't be like, okay, you know, we need to we are not sure who we want to go here. Let's just take Jordan Davis. I, I agree with you there. Um, sticking on the Georgia D, I kind of talked about Lewis Dean. He he made plays coming forward. He had a really really yeah. great fill and tackle on Robinson early. Yeah. He had a really nice big tackle keeping Williams short on the first, just kind of triggered down. But anything going past him. Uh, I thought he was kind of a disaster, and and like you said earlier, we talked about earlier, the Williams just ran by him like he wasn't the, even there. Like, the, yeah, the the Georgia safeties because it was like like Dion Dion Kendrick didn't I didn't think played a poor game really. It was it was specifically the safeties the yeah. way they were pl- the way they played Alabama. They were playing so much zone. Yeah, and Jamison Williams just kept running free through holes, and John Mechie too before he got hurt, which yeah. also that sucks. Yes, it um, does. But yeah, Lewis Senior, you're, 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 I think you're spot on with that because he did look really great coming up, and making tackles and, and filling against the run. But his athletic shortcomings were really uh, taken advantage of. Yeah, and it hasn't showed up too much this year. And you know, where there's a lot of talk now about how soft of a schedule offensively that Georgie's played. But you know, they just do a, such a good job of like you know everyone's got a role, everyone's spaced out, so he's got his own space. So you don't see him. Struggling athletically, but like you know, when when like you said, guys are gas on the front, and just this you know, Bama's got you spaced out, and he's got to cover more more ground. And against obviously one of the fastest players in the country, Jameson Williams, uh, we see those shortcomings shine. Yeah, um, I've I've got three more defensive guys here. Go for it uh, for sliding down. Jack Campbell, the Iowa linebacker. I didn't think he looked. He he was like kind of a non-factor against Michigan. He had like Michi- you know he played well early. I thought had the interception, of course, which was a really good play off all's hands. Uh, made a couple other decent plays, but no, like once the game kind of you know it started slipping away. Campbell, I agree that he was just a non-factor. Now, now Josh Gaddis did a fantastic job mm-hmm. with Broyles I mean, Award the, winner Josh Gaddis. Yes, they've really they've really done a good job using gadgety plays and, yeah. and um, I mean. End around so like AJ Henning, Cornelius Johnson. Um, I mean the the Donovan Edwards play, but like the misdirection plays, I thought took advantage of that Iowa front pretty well. Um, and yeah, down the stretch, he just kind of didn't have. I didn't think had much of an impact. And and I'm saying this as a as a guy who was at times more so almost before the season was viewed as a potential first round pick. Mm-hmm. And it just and never... it was really great the first like four weeks. Yeah. I, and, and now I, I'm interested to see kind of where his stocks at as, as we dive in and, or if he even declares, honestly. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, I like Jack Campbell. Me too. Me too. I just, I, I, I just thought for an Iowa defense that needed to step up against a Michigan offense that, I mean, pounded. you know what's coming. Yeah. 
Yeah, you exactly. And again, Josh Gass did a good job changing it up with all the misdirection. But like a, a team that's not going to rely too heavily on Cade McNamara as a, as a passer, you need your front seven to ball out. Yeah. Um, also, D'Angelo Malone, who <laughs> statistically had a good game against UTSA, all Western Kentucky fucking needed was one defensive stop to get yeah. back into that game. Yeah. I say this as a man who lost money because of this. All they needed was a defensive stop. And if D'Angelo Malone is what Dane Brugler has claimed to be a top 50 prospect at times, if he is that, he, he needs to step up and have a pass rush. And really, he had no pass rush throughout that game. And he is a guy who, through the pandemic, um, when when uh, they were off campus, I know he dropped down to, I believe it was 208 pounds as a pass rusher. And a guy who's going to struggle with weight, and he's going to be at the Senior Bowl. And, I mean, he's more of a Sam linebacker than anything. Yeah. But I'm just really interested to see how he looks when when matched up with some of the Power 5 dudes. It's going to be fun seeing him against, like, Daniel Falele. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah, I like that. No, I totally Um, agree, though. Like, I think Malone is – I don't know. Neither of us have been anywhere close to that. But, no. Like, I I didn't even put him here because, to me, he's, like – but you're right, though. You're 100% right. But just to me, it's well, like, I, I was just mad because I need one stop. I know. For Bailey Zappi to get back into you this felt, one. You and felt the Zappi magic coming. I think everyone could feel the Zappi magic. Yeah. And then the fucking the Hilltopper defense couldn't do one thing. So, yeah, Malone, undraftable, undraftable prospect. You're right, Ralph. Uh, I, I mentioned Cameron Thomas last week. I have. I thought this was too. a. Yeah, it was a, this, was, this was a lot worse this week than last week uh, against Utah State. He just didn't. I thought he was a pretty big non-factor, and they just blew the doors off San Diego State. The the Aggies were five and a half point dogs, and they they won by thirty three. Um, and Logan Bonner just picked them apart, which is yeah. not a sentence I was expecting to say. Yeah, like um, similar to Malone, where like I don't know if he was bad, bad or anything. He had that like nice big hit on Bonner, and he was getting like some pressure early, like a little bit of flash, but he disappeared. He he definitely disappeared. And it, it, like Malone, he just didn't step up and make plays that. Well, Malone's and, maybe top fifty, but he's he's got first round talk. He he didn't step exactly, up and make those plays. Exa- exactly, <laughs> it's the same way I, I dog Kayvon Thibodeau, yeah, or I dog. Uh, Jordan Davis is because if you're a first round player, you need to step up the way an Aiden Hutchinson does or a Devin Lloyd does in the biggest moments when your defense needs it. And he, yeah, he just really disappeared down the stretch as Utah State pulled away. And I haven't dug in on Cam Thomas, but um, you know, keying in on him in two, I know this is like wishy washy, but keying in on him on, on two weeks, uh, I don't see that first round guy. Like no. a third round guy potentially, and like you know, some interesting because he's got the size and looks like a good athlete. Yes, but. Uh, not that like you, you needed him to like come on like just handle the Utes a bit more than that. Yeah, um, oh, the Utes, the uh, Aggies. Sorry. Quickly, I'll give you. Uh, we already mentioned McVia, the Baylor safety for out of nowhere. I'll mention Nathaniel Dell, who's been awesome for the Cougs uh, of Houston all season and was really their only big play threat against Cincy. And Demarco Helms, the the yeah. other Alabama safety who. It's kind of like the least talked about player on the Alabama defense. Yeah, he, he played. He was really he, he good. He played really well against Georgia. He was. He did play really well. Um, out of nowhere, I had more sliding on the board, but let's not be mean. Oh <laughs> no, no, no! You can shoot. Sorry. No, no, no! I'm good. It's they're they're not relevant. Like I was gonna, I was gonna give Matarazia shit for getting two punts blocked. Um, I was hoping you wouldn't say that. So that's why I'm just along. <laughs> you know, I wanted to highlight another Bearcat. I touched upon it earlier that like every week it feels like we got a cat coming out. I thought, like, this week wasn't a big, flashy game, but I thought Marcus Brown on the IDL there. 6'2", 297. 
Uh, it's kind of like like only four tackles and half a sack, but I thought he was getting consistent pressure in the middle there, and he looked pretty good. He's senior. Um, I just thought he was kind of interesting, and like I said, just there's always a Bearcat coming out of nowhere, and there's there's a couple this week. Um, the prospect that made me look stupid. I had to go to the my, my, my sweet sweet Mac championship game. I had to go to Dustin Crumb. Yeah, I had him sliding down the board. I was certain Kent State would win this game. Yeah. Northern Illinois was the most fraudulent Mac champion of the last hundred years. <laughs> Their point differential in the season was negative, and they went nine and four and won the Mac, which is the most. I mean, that's the most Mac. It's the most Mac. Yeah, exactly. Um, the but, season doesn't start until they start playing on Tuesday nights, Rob. You know that. <laughs> I thought the Kent State hyper-speed offense would wear out Northern Illinois. I didn't think a a banged-up Rocky Lombardi was going to hang. And Lombardi didn't play particularly well. They just ran the ball really well with with, uh, Mac Freshman of the Year, Jay Ducker. Yeah, Um, who also made me look too because I thought he shouldn't have won Freshman of the Year. (laughs) Ultimately, Dustin Crum missed about seven, maybe maybe five to seven touchdown passes. Terrible, yeah. Early, he missed Dante Cephas twice and then they have one called back as well uh he missed Nakeem Johnson on one he missed uh Keyshawn Abram on one like it was terrible it was because of Dustin Crum that they lost this game 100%. and you can't you can't blame Mac Weather they're playing at Ford Field in the dome yep and you can't blame no no magic in that stadium because the, the Lions had it on Sunday uh PFF PFF was claiming like before the year that Dustin Grubb was like top senior quarterback in the country <laughs> no I put him for sliding down like he, he completed like 50% of his passes at like 120 yards or something like, it was, he was awful it was terrible they win, um, they win that game if he can hit a throw yes I also by the way I love Thomas Hammock I, I really like Thomas Hammock so I'm I'm happy for the Huskies to win and while we're here I'll just quickly jump in jump back I did put Cephas for my outplay the box score because he had like an absolutely massive game because he was awesome. It felt like every fifth play he was wide open deep, and he like crumb could not hit him and like had a seven catches, hundred two yards, but he he was open so so much and in like a week with like so many big time guys, I want to put like a low key outplay the box score. Anyways, I like that. Okay, prospect who made me look stupid. I gotta finally I was shitting on him all year. Uh, Kenny Pickett won the ACC. He's going to New York. I gotta just. Just say he made me look stupid. Okay. Finally, yeah, he should not be a Heisman finalist. Uh, agreed, agree with you. Neither should C.J. Stroud, or at least neither of them should be Heisman finalists over Will Anderson. I think, yeah, I think Stroud less. Like, I think it should have been Anderson. Uh, obviously, Young's winning it. Hutch and uh, Kenneth Walker probably. Yeah, I would put Kenneth Walker. I think over definitely over Kenny Pickett, and I think over C.J. Stroud. Yeah, and then I'm Pickett. an Ohio State fan. Yeah. Regardless, uh, you know, good game in in the ACC championship. Well, I mean, the, you're, you just got to put him here because the fake slide was so badass. Okay, was it badass? Yes. Should the fake slide be legal? No. Is Kenny a cheater? It's so hard to pull off a fake slide that I don't <laughs> think it should be illegal. Like th- that was bonkers, and it, it made that game so so much more fun than it should have been. I mean, no, it, the game should have been fun, and it was fun. Until they, they they ran away with it, yeah. But he played a really good game. Obviously, had that. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that fifty eight, like that that play was so fucking out of nowhere. Like we know he can move, but like to make that kind of athletic play on route to a fifty eight yard rushing touchdown, like at the beginning, like to, to set the game off, that was pretty ridiculous. And like you know, just doing it with his arm, lots of good throws. Um, 
I feel like Jordan Anderson's underrated for him, by the way. I mean, lots of people give him no, credit, he's, but... He, I think he'll... If he hasn't got his due yet, he'll be talked about as a potential first-round guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of talk all year. Like, I'm still shitting on Pickett. <laughs> all year that he's got... He had no help around him, which wasn't true. Anyways, Addison's Lucas a good ball player. Lucas Kroll's tight end one. Um, <laughs> but, no, Pickett, Pickett had a good game. And he's just like, you know, uh, classic Pickett game where he's just... The throws are there, but he's making them, and he's finding them, and he's... He's like so athletic Mark Mac Whipple Jones. won't even coach the Peach Bowl. That's weird. Have you seen anything about this? No, it's very abrupt. Maybe it's a health thing. I don't know. I think, but it's mm, very hopefully strange. not. Yeah, I, but I think you're right. Whipple's becoming OC in Pittsburgh, and they're drafting Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Welcome to Steel Steel Country, uh, Kenny. Um, <laughs> there, brother. He lives Steel Country. It'll be like when they drafted James Conner. We saw him in the the in the building every day. <laughs> Hey, they, one of us. they look pretty stupid now spending a first round pick on Najee Harris when James Conner's out there having like 18 touchdowns whatever he's got I, I agree I, I would have rather them just kept James Conner yeah but Conner uh, would prospect. have two touchdowns in Pittsburgh <laughs> best prospect prospect matchup we both agreed the yeah. Alabama and Georgia trench play yeah and I mean like you said earlier like I I ex- expected Neil to have a good game alright he, he he had a great game um I did not expect the whole the rest of the offensive line to hold up like they did. Zero sacks for Georgia. You wouldn't, I wouldn't have believed you if you told me that coming to the game. Um, and then especially, like you said, Auburn dismantled them last week. And now against the best defensive line in the country in uh, with an asterisk on it, they uh, they dominate them. They dominate them. Um, Neil, Neil's, Neil's a great player. He's had a hell of a year. He's off the tackles. It's almost like he's so good that he just doesn't get talked about. Plus, he's off the tackles. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I want to specifically shout out Emil Ekior Jr. Mm-hmm. and Chris Owens, the right side of that offensive line, yeah. because the right side just couldn't hold against Auburn, like I said earlier. And and those two played great yep. against, yeah, the best front seven in the country. Okay, um, I played the box score. You mentioned Cephas. Who do you got? Bailey Zappi, if he had his receivers catch, yes. there was a handful of drops. Okay, he still threw for 577 yards and four touchdowns against UTSA, but multiple t- touchdowns and completions dropped. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, my guy could have thrown for over 600 yards and six touchdowns and been the Conference USA champ. Uh, instead, Zach Kitley's abandoned Hilltopper country for Texas Tech. Sad. Um, early, I thought Zappi was bad. Right. Yeah, I did too. I did too. But in classic Zappy magic, like last week too, well, it was he funny. turned it, it on. It was like the first couple drives, he was he looked like himself. Then they kind of, as a whole, the team yeah. just got started stinking it up. But yeah, he he found the magic. Um, you can feel like it late coming. third quarter into the fourth quarter. Okay. I, I'm glad Zach Kitley ended up at Texas Tech though. That's a, I think that's gonna be really fun. The the clear Zappy comp is Gardner Minshew, obviously, right? Yeah, duh. And it's what a great week for for Zappy to see Gardner Minshew go and uh, do what he did for the Eagles too. Um, Yo, Gardner Minshew is like as someone who watched that Eagles game. Gardner Minshew, that's my guy. And Zappy's our guy, and Zappy's the next Gardner Minshew, except he's a franchise uh, quarterback. I got one more. Marcus Jones, the Houston corner. Um, I know since he won that game. And he did get called on a DPI that I think was bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought he, for a smaller corner, he was so physical and contesting every catch. Yeah, and he just plays with he plays with the type of swagger and tenacity that you needed of a short corner. Um, yeah, that makes him stick yeah, in the in the league. He's gonna be he's gonna be a patriot. 
Yeah, I mean, we saw Miles Bryant balling out Monday Night Football, and he plus um, a return. At, yeah, that's a, it's locked in. He's a Patriot. You're right. For for overhyped, I'm gonna stick on that defense though and go with Logan Hall. I have, I I have he, two. I got two from the same game. I put Logan Hall. Uh, he had that sack. Yep. But like, okay, but like other, you know, he he stunted. He looped around to the tackle. I know. Ritter was holding on the ball. Like he, you know, good hands beat the tackle, but like. Ritter held like he he had the ball for like four seconds. He's like in the same zone as Cameron Thomas, where he's being viewed as this potential first round guy, kind of all of a sudden. Yeah. And then I watch a Houston game and like he doesn't shine like a first round pick should on a G five. Again, he's playing a a playoff team and not. Yeah, I know the Aggies of Utah State, but and I didn't think Peyton Turner was going to be a first round pick, and look what happened. He was. He was. Yeah. Who am I? Again, big guy, good athlete. Uh, yeah, didn't look like a first-round buzz player. Um, so, okay. Funny enough, okay. I, I meant to do this like two weeks ago, but I'll do it now because, uh, you know, less guys to talk about. Um, Alec Pierce, who I love in my heart of hearts. There was that weird, like, first-round chatter that, like, was obviously dumb, but it was, like, coming from, like, I think, like, Sports Illustrated or something. It wasn't legit, but it was dumb. But then, like, he's getting, like, legit day-two chatter, all right? And like I like Pierce, I've liked him for like since like last I year. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was so weird. I forgot to show you it, and I meant to bring it up like a couple weeks ago when I first saw it. It was like it made the draft order was a blaze with one day of it. It was really strange. Um, but I don't know about any of that. And this game, he had the drop in the end zone. He did have that like comeback. I mean, that really really sweet catch. But I feel like almost maybe he should have tracked the ball a little bit better. Regardless, and then had the had the touchdown back shoulder, well done, nicely thrown by Ritter. Um, but, so maybe, maybe not the exact, and he had a good game last week. So I was like, I couldn't do it last week either, but just that kind of stuff was a little too much. Like, like fourth round, you know, good deep threat, big, bigger guy. Uh, apparently he's supposed to test well. And I think that's why he's getting pushed up. Um, yeah, fourth round, give it, sure. Why not? But I don't know what, about second round. Like, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's wild. Um, for transfer who popped on the scene, this is where I saved Siaki uh, Aika. Mm-hmm who's quickly becoming one of my favorite players in the country. And yeah. everything Bruce Feldman said about him before the season, teaming up with Dave Aranda coming from over from LSU, yeah, was right. And it didn't – it took some time, but he has quickly become a dominant nose tackle. Um, Oklahoma State didn't know what to do with him. He, he had two and a half sacks as a nose tackle. And it was just like – it was pure power pretty much. But the the – Agility he plays with for a 360-pound nose is ridiculous. Um, they, they like, just didn't know what to do. Uh, on, on one play, they tried to run, uh, like, an off-tackle play, and he walked the guard back, yeah. like, four yards into the running back, essentially, for the TFL. Uh, another one of the – a sack in the fourth quarter was he just – he does a really good job attacking half the man. Because if, if you can get uh, a guard or a center against a 360-pound nose tackle who's not sloppy and, and can, like, actually get off the ball, and you've only got half a body to take him on, like, there's no way you're going to be able to anchor down against that and reset mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. And he does such a good job attacking halves. Um, he, I think, can be – if he declares, I don't know that he will – because yeah, I think he's just a red, sophomore. Yeah. yeah, he's a redshirt sophomore, but my God, he he could be a top one hundred pick who plugs and plays as a nose. Yeah, if he goes back, uh, I think we're looking if at he goes, as nose tackle one. Yeah, I was gonna say if he goes back, like there's gonna be first round hype, especially because Dave Aranda's staying, and yeah. I mean Terrell Bernard, Jalen Petrie, those boys will be gone on, 
to the NFL, he's going to be the face of the of the franchise, so to speak. And who doesn't love you know six four three sixty? No, everyone loves it. Um, I'm 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 cheating again. Not a, not an immediate transfer. This is a guy Georgia transfer a few years ago. Uh, went the community college route. Four star. Uh, uh, Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett. Yeah, he's at he's at ULL now. You guys didn't notice. Uh, no, no, Chauncey Manack for the for the ULL. Uh, Raging Cajuns defense, who uh, had the game-ending sack, six tackles, uh, two and a half TFLs, so kind of in the back in the um, backfield, consistently uh, recovered a fumble. There's a couple guys on that uh, on that UL front that had really nice games, and I thought he was kind of like mm-hmm. the headliner. Um, well, but yeah, the pedigree's there with Manak. Perfect transition because one of my small school guys is Zion Hill. Yeah, who's on the interior. I got him here too. Yeah, yeah, under undersized three tech, but. Mm-hmm. The quicks just were too much for the Appalachian State yeah. Yeah, interior offensive line. And he's a little gap shooter at three-tech. He's good. Him and Manak were a hell of a duo. Like, he, he had two sacks. Um, Manak had one. Yeah, no, he, he's he's really interesting. Um, you, we kind of hit a lot of my small school guys. Uh, so, I'll give you, like, I'll give you Tariq Woolen, who, yeah, they gave up, what, 500 and some odd passing yards. I didn't think he had a bad game. Though. It, was, like, it wasn't against him. I, I thought they were openly like not going after him. Yeah, I think they like he had two tackles and, and two PBUs, and that one PBU was awesome where you just, just deep downfield reaching across the body and just knocked yeah. it out cool and calm collected. He also had a huge hit. Yeah, yeah, right. So I thought Woolen, uh, again, they got gashed. I mean, they won, but obviously gave, you're going to give up yards to the Zat man. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't him. It wasn't him, and he had a really good game. Um. I, I also had DeMarco Jackson here, but I, I put Levi Lewis here. Yeah, Final season at Louisiana. Lewis, wins the Sun Belt in Billy Napier's last year. Just such a perfect ending to the Napier-Levi Lewis uh, duo in, in Louisiana. and He had the 56-yard touchdown run. And he's a 5'10", 185-pound quarterback. He's not going to play quarterback in the NFL. My question to you is, does, does he try to make the NFL as a receiver, or does he head up north to the CFL? I've been saying he's a CFL quarterback for, like, three years, right? So, like, I truly hope he comes. I know it's, like, I don't know what a lot of guys think about coming to Canada, but I think he's got the goods. You know, the arm is solid. Uh, that's the one thing. you gotta, you got to cut, you know, the Winnipeg wind. Like, you got to cut through that. You need a big arm in, in Canada. Uh, you need Fact. big hands for, to hold the big haul, the ball, but also you need the legs. And we know Lewis has got that. And he's got, I think he's got the swagger for the CFL. I think he can be a guy. And I think we see more like, you know, I, this is weird off topic. CFL used to be like a lot of like rando, like FCS quarterbacks, you know, come in and play well. We're starting to see like the, you know, like the big time G5 guys starting to come in and, and show up. And that's more fun for us as Canadians. But I think he's got the goods and I want to see him. I want to see him play professional football. Um, I'd like to see him play professional football that I could bet on with my bookie because it's not every day you can double your money, but with my bookie you can double your money instantly thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users. With my bookie's double deposit bonus, when you sign up at mybookie.ag and use promo code SPORTSDRINK, you'll instantly receive double your initial deposit, so you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues and casino options to choose from. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. We have a brand new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market 
for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your team wins, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000 plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account, and when you deposit, make sure to use promo code SD to make your deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol, start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. And for those audio junkies out there, you should download Spotify Greenroom. It's a live audio only sports talk platform that's free to download and to use. Talk to me, not me, but uh, people like me. Other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app free in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. You'll be notified when the people you follow's rooms go live. Come with your spiciest takes. I got a spicy take for you, AJ. Let's hear it. The Army Black Knights beat the Navy's by a hundred. <laughs> you fool! Do you see Navy's uniforms are way better than Army's? That's how okay. you get this game. Okay, it's a year in which Army is eight and three. Mm-hmm. The midshipmen are three and eight. Mm-hmm. But Bill Belichick wore a Navy face mask before the Patriots Monday Night Football game, in which they threw three passes. Yeah, that's, like who do, that's... who do you bet on? That's, see, that that's like a, a clear right-wing dog whistle. Navy's winning this game, and everyone knows uh, it. So, oh, by the way, I went 6-5 and five last week. A fucking bastard. I went 5-6. and six. I was 5-3 I was and three going into Saturday night, and then I was a coward and picked Iowa. We, and we I, shouldn't have picked the USC Cal game. No, no. It, I would have, you know, it would have had me, fin- well, not finish. It would have had me 500 because I had picked, we both took the Lincoln bump and it did not work out. Yeah, I went forty-four and twenty-six and one prior That's to this. Year. A good, thank good you. work. Thank, thank you. Um, but okay, uh, the Black Knights are seven and a half point favorites against the Midshipmen in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Totals thirty-four. <laughs> um, I, I don't know how you don't pick Army. I'm taking Navy. I'm taking Navy. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to make kit. up the game on you. <laughs> Army's got the <laughs> Army's got the better quarterback in Christian Anderson. Army can throw the ball better. Army's got the Doesn't better Doesn't matter. The better fullback up back in Jacoby Buchanan, the team captain. Um Anthony Adkins, Ty- Tyree Tyler, they got playmakers at running back. And Tyrell Robinson might be the most dynamic player to ever play at Army. Yeah, so I'll, it's, I'll it's say. Army Navy game, all right. Tyrell Robinson are- averages oh, 12 and a half yards a touch. I think I think they should have a jamboree and bring Air Force in too. If they really want to make this, you stole my idea, didn't I say that? <laughs> for for something else, yeah, but for this, you got to do it. Um, uh, uh, Air Force the, is the best passer of those three, so as they should be. Uh, but you forgot this. Okay, Army's got the ground right. Air Force got the air. There's a forty percent chance of rain. It's only it's gonna be fourteen degrees Celsius, so it's a pretty nice day. I was just checking the weather too. Yeah, That's... I checked before. 
Uh, it's supposed to rain like all day, so forty percent chance you bump that up. It's I say that's a seventy percent chance. It's gonna rain in the game. That's that's Navy. It's like when you use water sport and in Pokemon and you get the water boost. Navy's gained the boost. It's Army Navy. Navy's lost a lot of close games this year. Obviously a big down year for Navy. They played a lot of teams close, and if, that might just be you know sneaking up on teams because you're using the, the triple option. But um, <laughs> and Army knows it's coming. But I mean everyone knows it's coming. The Army's prepared for it, um, built for it. But no. Um, they're gonna cover. They're gonna cover. They they gotta they gotta keep this game close. No, they beat uh, Army beat Air Force this year. They they're coming off a win against Liberty. They're set to play Missouri in a bowl game. This is Army's year it once is again. Army's year. They're gonna win. I mean, just not cover. It's gonna be a three point game. Jeff Munkin was rumored for like four head coaching jobs. If Duke would have leaned into the triple option, he'd be there. Um, good point. Do you think Biden's gonna be at the game? Yeah, doesn't he have to do the coin toss? Trump was always at the game. Sure, yeah, but they love him. That's my president. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. That's Aiden Hutchinson's president. Uh, no, oh, I think Mike. B- yeah. I-, I assume Biden will be at the game. He he has to do the coin toss. The- I mean, Obama was always at the game. That's going to be uh, – you're gonna what's, what is it? Let's go Brandon, those fucking idiots think they're so clever with. I mean, lots of let's can go we, Brandon chance. Yeah. Can we take in, over the last four years, Navy's had – this could be Navy's four, third three-win season in the last four years. It's kind of fucked. It's it's Army's decade. Is it time to fold the program? And if they should just join the Air Force, be a, like a water plane thing. Well, that's what you know. You know, it's a down year for Navy when you know their their helmets have planes on them. Like that's like that. Like, come on, you gotta have boats, Navy. What do you think this is? Uh, come on. Anyways, uh, all I gotta say is go Navy, beat Army. And uh, midshipmen up. That's it.